Hello and welcome once again to the How Long to Beat podcast. I am Rick, joined by Alex and Paula. This week featuring a brand new denim jacket, which I got in a rush and I haven't taken it off yet. Anyway, <laughs> this nice. week, as a, just a little bit of uh, letting you into the world of me. <laughs> this week, we are going to talk about the games we've beaten, retired and played, as always. Um, we are going to move on to this week's topic, which is... Uh, little thing called a game of motivation profile. We'll stick around to hear a bit more about that. Maybe a question of the week. Maybe. We'll see. And uh, Maybe. <laughs> we're going to finish with... How long, How long to beat the game? The game. Nice. Quite I was too early now. <laughs> quite possibly the worst intro sting we've ever done. Uh, <laughs> you were like too early and too late. <laughs> like one of them was too late, the other was too early. <laughs> I also yeah. threw you both because normally I say some spiel beforehand and this time I just went in cold turkey. Well, I know that you just can do it randomly each time, so now I'm just hyper alert. <laughs> You're on your guard. Same. <laughs> but I was too alert this time. <laughs> Love it. Oh, dear. Right. Why don't we jump straight in? So before we do the beatings, I actually need to finish off from last week because we ran hella over and there are like four demos that I didn't get to talk about. Uh, and these four demos I'd grouped together because they are not groundbreaking but really, really very good. Uh, and nothing spoke to me more in that way than Forgive Me Father, which is uh, Doom, if it was illustrated by the people who did Darkest Dungeon. Mm. It, it, it's a sight that to behold. It, it's very interesting. It's very Lovecraftian as well, like Darkest Dungeon. It's not just a visual thing. It feeds into that, that genre of horror, um, pulls a lot of tricks, pulls a lot of interesting sort of story stuff. Because the way the story is is told, you can totally ignore it, play it like a Doom-type game. Uh, but there are lots of things that you can sort of jump into, and it's not just like a box of text. It might be a newspaper article, it might be a picture. Um, it looks like they're taking a really clever approach to how they integrate that, or allow you to completely disregard it at the same time. Uh, and most importantly, it plays really well as well. Um, so I'm very excited for that one. A game called Ultra Age. Uh, this felt very much like a... Um, Muramasa's weapon switching system tacked onto a character action game. Um, mm. Looks really pretty. Looks very big budget. Um, the story was a load of bollocks, but I. it looks like it was as much a, an issue with translation as it was with sort of the core that was there. But what I played, played very well. And it's one I'll be keeping an eye on. The third game, and the first I played of the festival, a game called Soda Crisis, um, which blew me away when I first played it, but actually, in the context of everything else I've played around it, I've maybe cooled just a little bit on. It's a 2D um, sort of run-and-gun type thing, uh, a bit Contra-esque. Visually and, and design-wise, it reminds me a lot of Stealth Bastards or Stealth Inc., if you played on one of the sanitized Sony versions of that game. Because um, you have like these little sort of blobby, kind of minion-esque creatures um, in a facility, doing testing stuff. Uh, but most important thing is that it played quite well. It felt very fluid. Um, felt like a really strong example of that. And I'm going to, because it's my editing week, take the liberty of checking what the fuck the fourth game was. Because uh, <laughs> I'm seeing the name and I'm not remembering a thing about it. That is terrible. Do you know what? It's their own fault for calling it something so generic as Dread Delusion. I might even leave this in. This is funny. Oh, no, this was quite good. Yeah, right, okay. 
Don't... <laughs> shame on you, Rick. Shame on you. Shame, shame on me. It is, to, to quote their spiel, an open-world RPG brimming with strange places and dark perils. Um, it's very PS1-era polygons in an intentional design kind of way, but it plays like a, a first-person RPG. Um, mm. It's good fun. I didn't play for too long. I was like, I love this. I'm probably just going to play it when it comes out. Um, as I did with quite a few demos from that festival. So uh, super special, delayed shout out to those four games. Um, and now I would love to talk with you, Alex, about Sumida, which we both beat this week. And yes. Which, as of about half an hour ago at the time of recording, beat me and my emotions into a pulp. <laughs> um. So you, you've had a bit more time to to sort of let it sit and digest. Why don't you tell us what you thought about it first? And tell, tell the audience what it even is as well. Yeah, well, it's kind of, it's it's... It's kind of a hard game to categorize because it's basically like I guess the most the simplest way to describe it would be an adventure game. Um, it's in this sort of two D kind of like hand drawn perspective, um, and you play as this young girl in Japan, and you're basically going through a day. Like this this flower comes to life at night, and this flower has one day, and so you're going to go through town and. And and she's a young girl, like she's probably I don't know, like what, like middle schoolish age, like kind of like preteenish, like ten, eleven, twelve thereabouts. Yeah, like in that area, like not quite a teenager yet. Um, and so you're basically going through doing these little tasks. You have like a little notebook that you're solving tasks on. Um, and yeah, that's basically basically what goes down. And it's it's very charming. Um. It's it's like it's it's a little rough around the edges in terms of the translation sometimes like some things are like a little bit literal um but I forgive that because it's like it's it seems like it's from a small studio and so like just be warned that like you might notice a few things if you're playing in English where you're like huh like you're like that that sounded a little funny but its heart I think is in 100% the right place like it's very much a game about growing up and like dealing with loss, which is a pretty intense thing for a freaking like it doesn't you know what I mean? Like when you start it up, you don't think that's what this where this game's going, but like it doesn't shy away from intense um just I'm sorry, one second. Molly, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> she wants to go inside. She's just whining, whining. I could hear her. And then when I open the door, she won't go out. That's the thing, too. She's ridiculous. She's like, open the window so I can go out. Um, or at least no, gonna... I could. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, there she goes. All right, I'm going to go back from where, where I was. I'm just going to talk about what it deals yeah. with. Um, so it deals with some, like, pretty intense and heavy themes of loss and, um, you know, this marital strife going on in her, in her family. And it's just... It's really sweet, but at the same time, it's interesting because you you can really influence um, how the game plays out. The game has multiple endings, from what I understand, and yeah, you can kind of be a dick and like, but like not a dick in like, like like a dick in a childish way. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's very much like when she does act. If she does act mean, if you do choose that it makes sense for that kid at that time, right? Like, it's not like in some games where you'll choose an option and it's just like, here's the evil choice and here's the good choice, right? It's more like, here's how maybe a reactive child who doesn't understand how to process emotions would react. And like, here's how um, maybe she would, she could try to act and may not nail it perfectly, but she's going to try her best kind of thing. And so, yeah, I don't know. I really, I really liked it. I thought it was just really sweet and it felt very, um, 
it felt very cozy. Like I think I've described games like that before. Like the closest thing I could think of is like a short hike is kind of a similar game that had a, the same sort of feeling of. 100%. So plays very differently, but you know what I mean? Same sort of feeling. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think, Rick? Yeah, I think a short hike is a really good comparison. And, and I'm playing Valhalla um, at the same time. And I actually mm. get a similar vibe from that where it, it feels like it sort of transports you to another place. Yeah. Um, on, on a spiritual level, as, as wanky as that sounds. Mm-hmm. like Because like you say, it, it's 2D. It, it, it's not an immersive art style in the photorealistic sense. Yeah. But it definitely feels like it builds a realistic world and it really gives you a place within it. Um, yeah. which which is really powerful when a game can get that just right. Um, and I think I touched on it when I spoke about the game last week, and, and you've touched on it there, the juxtaposition between um, the, the childlike presentation and characters and the heavy themes that it, it really takes face on um, yeah. is really powerful. Um, I'm definitely very biased. This, this game spoke to me on a very deeply personal level. Yeah. Um, but I also think that even if that weren't me, and it sounds like that that's the case for you as well, um, the game really strikes right with everything that it's trying to do and the way that it words everything. Um, I didn't really notice much in the way of translation, maybe one or two lines tops. Um, yeah, well, I, I think I'm you... just more hypersensitive to it because I teach maybe. English to like, English language learners. Do you know what I mean? So like sometimes mm-hmm. I notice the ways that they'll... Do you know what I mean? Like I'm just hypersensitive to this. So like if you aren't, you won't notice. You just won't. yeah. I suppose you're probably probably seeing where they were maybe coming from in a way that I'm not looking for. Yeah, exactly. Like I, it's hard for me to turn that off now because I just see it so often that like I'm like, oh, that's a common slight miss. You know what I mean? But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, in terms of how the game plays, it's it's a little bit sort of um, obviously ventures such a a wide umbrella, but it's yeah. reminiscent of sort of LucasArts games in a very light mm. sense in that you've got a checklist of things you need to do. There's a relatively linear order in which to do them, and it involves you sort of talking to people and taking items to place. Um, most interactions are sort of heavily signposted. It's just a case of sort of going through and experiencing. That way, it's a little bit like a cross between that and a walking sim, I suppose. Um, yeah. And I, I mean that in the best way of both of those things. This game is incredible. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how else to put it's it. It's very it focused. To- do you know what I mean? It's very focused. And that's something that I appreciated about it, where I was like, the story it tells is contained, focused, and specific, right? And so, like, in even all of the extraneous characters that you meet, they relate to the theming of the main story really well. So it's mm. just it's just cohesive, you know, in a way that, like, I think I talk about this a lot with games that I get that I can I complain about this very often, where like a story doesn't feel cohesive, where it feels too large, or 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 I don't know. Sometimes you play a game and you're like, I didn't care. <laughs> They're just throwing in stuff, you know? Whereas this game, I'm like, no, this this set out to tell a specific story and it chose a gameplay style that um, facilitates that story well. Cohesive is a perfect word. Yeah. Perfect word. Uh, one other note beyond, please, dear God, find two hours to go and play this. The, the HLTV time's a little bit inflated because main plus says like four and a half hours. I beat it in just over two over the course of three sessions. And uh, if my sort of past few weeks hadn't been so hectic, I probably would have done it in a single sitting. Um, the music for this game is beautiful. Um, I, I almost cried the first time, like the main <laughs> theme when you're on the grassy bit plays. It, it just, it yeah. touched me. Uh, and I did ball like a child at the end. And 
this game is just really, really good. And I'm probably a little bit, I've literally just finished it before we started recording. Uh, I only took my shoes off as I was plugging my headset in. Like I walked into the house, yeah. I walked upstairs and I finished it because I wanted to talk about it this week. But nice. this game is wonderful. And if you have PC or Switch, you said it's on as well. I don't think it's, it's on, on Switch. That's where yet. I played it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the perfect Switch game. It, 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 I imagine my experience would have been elevated further if that's even possible, if it was like on a little handheld. But I'd yeah, you can play it. Go play this game. It's perfect for that. Like honestly, it's just it was a perfect little place to play it. Yeah, and Paula, you need to play this game. Yeah, I'm actually thinking of playing it like before jumping into Death and Glory Atomic Game as a palette cleanser, because I, you said it's like a major game. Is yeah, uh, the the kind of game I would enjoy. So might as well. <laughs> if you're gaming literate, two to two and a half hours, I think easily mm-hmm. um and then having gushed a little bit let's talk about something a little bit more nuanced which is my other completion this week and that is unless you've got anything else you want to touch on this alex nah i think we covered it it's a good game <laughs> uh, yeah it's an exceptional game um slightly less exceptional is warrior land 4 for the game boy advance um i will say i think this is my favorite warrior land game um not that that's an exceptionally high bar to clear but it is really really very good um the concept of the game is you run into this pyramid and because you're Wario and he's a greedy sod, you want all the treasure. So you go through levels taking treasure. Uh, it's interesting, having played the game mostly, or the series rather, mostly in order, to see the evolution of sort of the design ideas and philosophies behind this game. Warrior Land 1 was very much a slightly mechanically retooled look at standard platforming. Um, Warrior Land 2 and 3 start to introduce these ideas of enemies not being um, obstacles, but means by which to gain limited time powers and tools by which to um, solve puzzles and move through levels. Uh, I think two struck a much better balance of that than three. Um, two was tolerable in, in one of the sort of multiple maze-like runs through its levels that I did. Uh, three, I retired very, very quickly. I then jumped to the shape dimension, uh, which if you're a regular listener, you'll have heard me say, I kind of hated. Uh, despite it being very, very pretty and controlling relatively well. Having come back to four, controls so much better. Um, just felt perfectly tight, everything you expect from a Nintendo platformer. Visually, ditto, that pixel art is gorgeous. Um, level design is much better as well, both in terms of variety, and I've definitely touched on this in previous weeks, also in terms of objectives. You have, uh, in each level, four pieces of a gem that you have to collect. They're mandatory to sort of progress in the story um you have a key which is mandatory to unlock the next level in each set and you have um a cd to unlock a sound test that's like your only optional collectible um you also get money which is both a score and it also allows you to complete mini games to earn power-ups for the bosses uh boss design is interesting i wasn't a massive fan of them being on a timer um i understand why they do it in the main level because at the end of every regular level, you have a Metroid-esque sort of dash to the finish line. Uh, and one of the cool things is when you trigger that, some of the platforms in most of the levels change ever so slightly. So your route back is different to your route forward. Often there are collectibles you can collect on one side that you can't collect on the other. Um, I thought they do that really, really well. And it's, it's something that was clearly um, thought about a lot in the design process because they made things work quite well in that. Um, the timer on the bosses doesn't make a lot of sense because I found on a couple of them, even using power-ups, um, that timing was very, very needlessly tight. 
Uh, and what it meant is essentially you do a dry run on a bus to work out what the pattern is, turn it off, and then start again. It, it doesn't really lend itself to to that that setup. That and the similar feel of, of a lot of the levels and the way that you approach them, despite how much they change up in and around it, are probably the only minor nitpicks on these what otherwise um, a really, really good game. Um, I suppose I'm, I'm interested to hear about you retiring it, Alex, because I know you said you'd done that, and I'm curious if you remember sort of why or what didn't maybe click for you don't like it <laughs> i just don't like these games That's i don't right. like the way That's they control right. i don't like the idea i just don't like any of it and, it, and it's like it's one of these you know what i mean honestly but it's not like yeah. like i recognize that they're clearly good games do you know what i mean like it's it's one of those things where you're just like i play it and i'm like this ain't me you know like it just didn't it just didn't click with me um i think the biggest thing that actually bothered me was i didn't like the rushing out of the level every time like it reminded me too much of yeah it reminds me of saber wolf and stuff and i just don't like that because for me it's just i just get bored by it i prefer to I prefer to beat the level. Do you know what I mean? Like I prefer to go through in a platformer and get to the end kind of deal. And I don't love this whole like, all right, time to go back sort of thing. It just, the end is just the beginning now. That's fine. Yeah, but <laughs> I, the end is just the middle. Say, sorry, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, you know, you know what I mean? I still get that. Yeah. I have to say, Olive Branch, if it weren't for the fact that the game had such um, a generous sort of quick save feature, I probably would have retired it as well um, because most yeah. of my playing was on public transport and it's a perfect game for that emulator or original hardware, which is what I played it on. Um, I, I didn't even play it on my um, easy flash. I have like an original cartridge for this mm. and what it allows you to do uh, is at the start of any room or you can quit out rather than a quick save at the start of the room you're in. Um, excellent. I don't know why more games didn't do that of that era when you didn't have yeah. like closing the ds sleeping the psp kind of thing um yeah if it had been more awkward to play in public transport i probably would have given up as well because like i said that mechanical um staleness is maybe too strong a word but that kind of thing probably would have graced on me more if i wasn't playing in sort of 10 15 minute chunks and that's probably what the problem was is like i was playing it in more than that chunks like and not like crazy long ones because i still recognize it, like this is a game boy game like i know how long you know what i mean like to turn it off but yeah i found that even 30 minutes or so was just too much with it. I was getting to the point where I was like, ah, these are all feel similar and I'm just, meh. but there are, th- these games have their lovers, right? Like there are people who really love these and I think they're, uh, like they're a nice addition to platformers because it's just a different concept. Right. But yeah, not for me, <laughs> but That's maybe fair. to transfer to things that are for me. Um, I was about or... to make the same segue. I love that. You keep going. <laughs> Two of the games you completed. Yeah, actually, this one's interesting. So I completed Metro Exodus, uh, the the complete edition, on um, the Xbox. And it's interesting because I actually retired this game on the PlayStation 4 um, Mm. a while back. Yeah, so I started it a while, and um, I got to basically, like, probably like an hour or so in. Like, the first area that you kind of play through, the first sort of map, is the Volga. Um, And I got to, like, the point where basically they were like, okay, now you can explore. And I was like fuck this because it just it plays really poorly on the ps4 especially on my base ps4 like it there was a lot of performance issues loading was like for fucking ever like it was so long to load and it would just sometimes like um i remember it would crash sometimes on me on the ps4 and so i was like i don't want to do this and the series x though they 
put out for like PS5 and Series X, uh, this enhanced edition that has like ray traced lighting and like all these upgrades and enhancements. Uh, loading is so fast now. Um, and it's fucking gorgeous. Like the enhancements they've done on it. The light, you know, I, I always thought I was like, ray traced, who gives a shit about that? Like, what does that even mean? Right. I was like, how would you even notice it? But when you play it, the light just looks real, you know, like it's, it's hard to describe, but like you're walking through, like, say, I don't know. I was walking through a ruined um, city and you would see the actual rays of light coming through the windows of the broken buildings so that you can see the dark part. And I have an OLED too, right? So like the actual darkness, like the blacks are true blacks, you know? Right. And so it's like, it's this moment of where it's like, fuck man, like I can see where light is refracting off of objects and like the way that it changes. And I can see particles of dust like floating. through. It's just, it's batshit how good it looks. And like you, you would think it wouldn't matter much, but man, when you're in low light environments, it really matters. It really creates like a, a, a beautiful look. And this game has a lot of low light environments because, you know, you can go through like nighttime is usually safer to get around, except there'll be, there'll be more monsters, but you can kill them easy. Um, and then there's more people during the day. So, you know, it's, it's better and you, you can lose morale points. So, okay, here, here's the thing with this game. I, I liked it. It is not as good as the other Metro games, I, I think, and yet it's also better in some ways. It's probably the most technically sound of them, but at the same time, what they've done is the earlier Metro game. I played through all of them because I, I love this series because it's unique. It's kind of like Stalker, you know. You're in. It's based off a series of books. Um, you, you're in Moscow. You're underground in the Metro, and in this one, it's Exodus. So you, obviously, you're leaving the Metro, and it's like a semi-open world game. And I say that in the sense where you have like four or so areas that you um, will be allowed to fully explore. But the open world shit is kind of dumb. Um, it's, it's, it's just completely unnecessary. Um, and I say that because these games are linear shooters, right? With survival elements. They're survival games. And so <laughs> the game gives you this idea where it's like, Oh, look, open worlds. You can go explore things. But it's a survival resource management game. Mm -hmm. Why would I go and waste resources on a potential upgrade that doesn't really matter? Right? Like, I'm like, like, you know, the promise is like, oh, you could get an upgrade for your gun. And I'm like, yeah, but then I'll have to use all my fucking ammo. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm not actually, the tangible benefits aren't really there. Like, you're actually more likely to just lose stuff you know but, <laughs> but alex how could how can we put open world on the back of the box if we don't give you an open world <laughs> i know right um i do think that <laughs> i i think with this company though because this is 4a games and I, I i don't think it's as cynical as that because i i didn't feel like there was you know what i mean like there's no like yeah it, it didn't feel like that's necessarily what it's doing it, it felt oh, sorry, more sorry, yeah. like this company was like and the developer was like we want to stretch our abilities you know, like they're like, okay, well, we're making a third one. We can't just make the same thing, right? Um, and I think they succeed in some ways. I played it like a linear shooter. I just went from mission to mission to mission, and it was crazy fun like that. <laughs> um, one thing I will let you know, though, is that if you play this game, your choices do matter, especially when it comes to killing people, um, because in each of these areas, 
you get what are called moral points and you don't see the moral points you never see them it's an it's a system that's happening within the game and it's tracking your actions and it's tracking what you're doing and um individuals some of your crewmates can suffer different fates based on how well you um go through an area and what you do in that area though one of the technically bad fates for me actually felt like a really good fate. <laughs> like I was like, Oh, that was excellent. Uh, I got the good ending. There's not a lot of endings, but I, I, th- I think there's technically a bad ending or something. I don't know. Um, or like a worse ending, but I got the good one. Um, anyway, fun game. It's a little, it's, it's a little janky sometimes like, it, and it's purposefully so because you know, it's, it's trying to be kind of realism in some ways, but it's also a video game and like every generator in the planet can be turned on with your little cranky device. So, you know, like whenever a game try for realism, I'm like, okay, you're still a video game. Cool. it. <laughs> you know? um, but anyway, I like these games. Oh, oh, oh God. Almost forgot. For the love of all that is fucking holy, do not play this game with English or Russian voice acting. Holy Christ. It is the worst voice acting I've ever heard in my life. And I listen, that's one of the reasons I retired this game. It was so fucking bad. It is so, so fucking bad. I mean, like, it... They're because they're putting on a fake Russian accent for the whole time. They'll be like, Commander, how are you? Oh, oh, like, what was it? Good to see you, comrade. Yes, they'll be like, Altium! <laughs> we must escape the metro. <laughs> and you're like, you, what? you could say it is an exodus. Yes, you're like, hello, my love. And you're like, woman, don't touch me because you're scary. Like, and the Russian voice acting is also terrible. Like, listen, voice acting in another language, you shouldn't be able to know it's bad. But when you listen to the Russian voice acting, you're like, yo, that's bad. Uh, it's just really bad. But here's the saving grace. Here's the thing. The Ukrainian voice acting is superb. It is. How many ex- voices did you try? Oh, oh, I, I went because when I did the retirement, I went English and I went Russian. But then I was looking on how long to beat for the enhanced edition, and a guy who speaks speaks Russian and Ukrainian because Ukrainian and Russian are similar. Anyway, there's a whole thing with this, but Ukrainian is kind of similar to Russian, but it's not. It's different, um, but there's similarities. So it's kind of how like Arabic can have similarities, right? Moroccan Arabic is different than, you know, but you can understand each other a little bit. Anyway, Uh um, the voice actor. So, and actually the studio is Ukrainian though. I believe they moved to Russia at some point. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's a whole thing, but those voice actors are incredible and it sounds so good. And it's, it just feels right because it's such a specifically Russian game. Right, and you're also dealing with areas that are near the Ukraine at times, and um, and and they have characters who are you know indigenous to certain parts of Russia, and so I f- it felt like having these English boy actors do shite word like it, fuck interpretations of this sounded so bad, but then when you hear the, the Ukrainian, you're like, oh, this is this feels correct, and it again, they just their emotion felt right. Um, everything felt right about it. And so I'm just pleased for the love of God, if you download this game, please, please, please fucking play it in Ukrainian with the subtitles. Please. I've got to tell you, I found it on HL2B is much less fun than what I had in my head, which is you like with a TV remote style thing, (laughs) flicking between all the different languages, Atiyam coming out in like 50 different accents. No, you got to download the Ukrainian actually in order to get it. Oh, okay. It's like 50 millibytes or something. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, uh, 500 milliliters, whatever. Yeah. 15 millibytes. Do you even internet? 50, 500 MBs. MBs. That's what it is. <laughs> it's the bytes. There's too many bytes. You, you got to give me some fucking, cut me some slack here. I'm fucking Canadian. I have to deal with American and British and all these different types of measurements and units. And then also internet. Well, it's too many. My brain hurts. <laughs> uh, anyway, Metro Exodus. Play the game. It's good. Um, I also beat Umarangi Generation, uh, which this game is really, okay, this game is, God, how do I even talk about this game? The, the game is really interesting. It's, it's, it's the apocalypse and you're a photographer, right? You are Umarangi Generation. You are of the, you are the last generation of earth is the idea. Um, okay. Yeah. And so you're, and you're tasked with taking photos. And I think what's really, really kind of beautiful about this game is that it really does hit on the absurdity of life right now. Um, and particularly, like, you're basically tasked with, like, this doesn't really explain anything, but essentially you're tasked with taking photos for, it seems to be a company or some sort, maybe a newspaper. Um, but you're penalized if certain things are in the photo. So there's these things called blue bottles and there's these like weird jelly things. And so if those are in your photos, they're like, uh, uh-uh, no, no, no. And the stuff that you're tasked to take photos of is like pretty fucking mundane. Uh, they'll be like, take three photos of boom boxes, you know, <laughs> like stuff like this. Um, and it's kind of polygonal graphics. Um, reminds me a lot of like, uh, oh, I don't know. God, what's that game that I played? There, there's it's just there's a whole, actually your your dread delusion is one I, I played it a while ago do you remember like it's like not hypnospace outlaw but there's like other ones like this um there's like a game where you're like in the about. internet yeah anyway i could look it up but i don't care uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah no, I, know, I, I know what you mean though it's like a pastel sort of PSL yeah sort of thing. and yeah. it's nice it's consistent um it is a little visually garish. I could see some people might having a hard, might have a hard time with it because of this. Um, it's also clunky. Like I just have to say, it, it's not really technically sound. I don't think um, in terms of movement. Like it's a great photography game. In fact, actually, the photography elements in this are really wonderful. I don't really care about taking photos, so I like. I, I couldn't really be that bothered but if you really do give a shit man there's some sweet options in this and like as you play each level you unlock new lenses and if you complete all the objectives and bonus objectives in a level you basically unlock extra things for your photography so sometimes it could be a lens sometimes it's like um not a filter but you can adjust things in the photo like saturation hue and all this they don't judge you based on that um but if you want to like really take like some serious photos, um, then you can, you can adjust those. So yeah, I think subject matter wise, this game is really dope. Um, and it really is like appropriately cynical in a way, you know, um, in terms of it's like, uh, what, like as the world burns around you, what's the priority of everyone? And it's like, ignore, 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 right? Um, and so that is kind of the central theme of the game, to be honest. Um, yeah. It's like, keep taking your cute photos while the world burns. And so I'm like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh, it's just a shame that the movement's so jank. Um, I kind of wish it was like, you have these roller skates that I can never seem to get to work properly. Like you're supposed to like click the 
thumb thing in and then apparently you're roller skating but like sometimes i click it and i was like am i skating now <laughs> like be like i don't know are you i'm like i don't know i asked you game like it's like one of those things where you're like i don't know if it's working um yeah. so yeah Has that, have either of you played this game at all or have you looked at it or i have yeah. looked at bunny hops coverage and mm. based on what you said and what he said I actually think having watched his video and listened to a little bit of the discussions he'd had with the developer, that's probably as much as I would sort of get useful out of that. Yeah. I feel like it's very much not a game for me. Um, And I think, especially now that you've sort of expanded a little bit on the photography mechanics, I'm very much in the same boat. I'm a point and shoot kind of camera guy. Uh, So unlocking saturation filters, sick. You know, it's not really... And you can turn off the photo mode too. So like at one point I realized like, cause I found out it was fucking saving every shot to my fucking switch. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I was like, every single oh. shot I took and some of them were just garbage. So I have to go through my switch and delete so many stupid photos. But anyway. I've only um, got 32 gigabytes of internal storage. It's 2021. Oh. What am I doing? I know. There's so many. Well, luckily I have a little micro SD, so we're good there. But oh, it's bad. Anyway. Um. But you can turn that off so you can just literally point and shoot. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's where's Waldo, right? Like, that's the game when you think about it. You're going through yeah. an area and you're finding things to take shots of. But I also realized, sort of disappointingly, but like, so you have to be kind of creative to set up some of your shots. But then also you get things like a fisheye lens at one point. And the reality is the fisheye lens can take a really wide shot of the area. And sometimes I would go and I was thinking that I was taking a shot of one like task and I would do the fisheye. I'd take a shot and it would be like, you completed this, this, and this. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, I, I got what? I got one the photo frame? Like, I didn't even realize oh. I took a photo of that. I didn't know it was even there. Um, it's not a huge problem, but like it can become a problem eventually. Like I could envision once you unlock most things, you could probably go back to like the first fucking area and just like click and get like most of the tasks done in one shot. Now, some of them you have to actually do like close-ups of things and stuff. And like, it requires that you use different lenses for different things, uh, which is quite nice. So it's not a huge problem, but it is sort of funny when it happens. It also ends twice. Like there's an end and credits roll, and then there's just four more levels, which I think maybe wow. were just added for the switch or something. Which I will admit, I was sort of like, why not just end it at the end there? But I hate that rhythm. Rhythm Paradise Mega Mix did that on 3DS, where it had like three endings. It, it gave you two mm-hmm. fake credit rolls, and the second time, I almost snapped my 3DS. I was just like, fuck you, game. Let me finish. I know. So, um. Yeah, it's funny. This game is conceptually incredible. And that's why I think that if you were to watch Bunny Hop or listen to like Dan Sons has interviews with with him on there or just any of the interviews with the creator. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, like you're probably going to get everything you need out of it. Like it's, you know, like it's a good game, but it's not amazing. But it's a good game. That's all I got to say. Paolo, you might like it. I know you like new Pokemon Snap, so I think you might enjoy the photography aspects of this one. Um, I don't know. Like, one of the things that I'm liking about Pokemon Snap is like the shenanigans. By the way, where are the later? True. Um, But why don't you tell us all about... Maybe you could... (laughs) This is the soiree of Olympia soiree. Let's... (laughs) put a curtain on her. Ray <laughs> puns in the comments. I was going to say an Olympic task that you completed. <laughs> Who did there it better? Go. Tell us down below. <laughs> Paolo, uh, both of those were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Anyway, so I finished Olympia yesterday. I don't know how. I don't know in which time. I think I I I've been losing sleep over there because um the last round like was Sunday morning. I don't know. I pretty much didn't sleep on Sunday just to finish the damn game. Anyway, uh, Olympia sorry. Um, this game. This time game, it's been a while since I like, pretty much have to like go into that state of mind that uh, where I'm like, I don't need sleep. I need fucking answers, answers. like right out now. I think I actually made a little comment like on the on the chat uh, with Rick and Alex, like, huh. Um. So I finished the last two routes of the game. Uh, first of all, um. Himuka, who it's supposed to be like the Undertaker, and pretty much like um, the guy who um, does like the Batsu ritual in the in the Yome district. Because as I already said, this game has like a lot of like elitism, classism, and stuff like that like going on. And one of the things is that people who die in the surface, sur- surface, like they get to have like these very like elaborated like pretty ritual which name i can't remember right now um to send off like uh their family or whoever has died well in the in the yome district like over as i say all the inside the colors and the um people consider criminals live they only get like the undertaker like pretty much appearing out of nowhere it's like okay uh turning this body into a into into a crystal okay bye i'm ready like the the contrast between those those two like rituals to put like the souls to rest is like day and night pretty much and at this point like the only reason they get this ritual in the yomi district is because if they don't if the corpse stays there, or like if they try to bury it or whatever, um, it pretty much um becomes like overtaken by Haku, and then you have a pandemic going on. Beautiful. Um, his road in particular was one truth bomb after another truth bomb after another truth bomb. Like, I want to go into spoilers, but I don't want to go into spoilers, but they really go like into the whole like i want to say like how the like the history behind of how the island uh, came to be and like how everything works and why this stuff works the way it does and very much like without going into too much of a spoiler like the island wasn't created like as fucked up as it is right now it was pretty much people being people, and that's why we can have like nice things. Which, yep, yep. Uh, but um, I have to say, like, in terms of lore, I think that one has to be like the best route in the in in the game of how it bases like the stuff it's revealing to the player and to Olympia, pretty much, and. Then, once you think things can get anywhere crazy, 
there you have the sixth route of the game, Akasa. And as I, were, as I already said, like Akasa was like the um, director of the Kotowari. Koto, Kotowari? Kotowari. And uh, they are pretty much in charge of the law in the island, are like keeping registries of people and all that kind of stuff. And on one hand, is one of the roads where is one of those routes where you pretty much don't see the uh, like the love interest of the route, like for three chapters straight, which I didn't really mind because the story was so good and the side characters are so uh, interesting overall. Uh, but also, you get like the other part of the story you weren't told in the first part. And I even got answers that I didn't even know I had questions for. And that was awesome. And overall, like, I want to say, like, the, um, the ending of this particular route felt a little like love saves all kind of thing. But given, but given like the overall theme of the game, which, by the way, um, it, it has like, I want to say takes like different non-myths from, especially like from Japanese uh, mythology. Uh, takes like the core concepts and then like puts a little twist on them. And those little twists were actually like very interesting and pretty much make the the lore of the, of the game that much richer. And uh, and yeah, like if I have to say. Would I recommend this game or who I recommend this game to? Like pretty much like Otome fans who don't really mind like having controversial shit in their game. Um, but for people that kind of like maybe feel like I want to say like I'm comfortable with the topics being tackled, I would say a pass. But for Atomic, um or like necessarily Okay, if if you like visual novels, if you don't mind like having romance on, on your visual novel in the, independently of what kind of romance and you like like a very I want to say like very rich, very well developed world and a lot of lore because there's a lot of information there and there's a huge information that like right at the start of the game so you actually get to know like the universe and the characters and everything that this game is pretty much for you. Um, also I want to say like some final like comments here because I'm I'm just like going through my notes right now and there's some funny shit there. But anyways, <laughs> um, besides like the six main routes of the game, there's some like extra like uh, short stories or side stories, however you want to call them, and uh, there's like two bad endings for each character. And if you're playing this game blind, I would recommend, like, you pay attention to the little style it shows, like, after each choice. Uh, because most people thought that if the dial, like, tilts to the right, yeah, the right, then it was, like, the good choice, because that seems like common sense. But if you see the icons, there's actually like a sun and a moon, and you want that little dial to tilt to the sun. Otherwise, mm. 
you're not gonna have a good time. Um, on that note, uh, overall, the bad endings, um, I feel like the, the ones that added more like to the story and characters were Riku's. Like the first, the blue guy, the, the first route you pretty much go through. Uh, because they not only expand like on the character himself, but the other bad ending actually expands upon another character. And that was pretty interesting. And some of the bad endings, I would, for any person who likes to get like the bad endings for uh, vision novels, especially like the ones who give you like unlocks after you go through the bad endings, I would exercise caution because some of them are I kind of fucked up. Especially like I wanna say. Yasuka's and uh, Kurova's are like, yeah, those are the you you don't want those. Um, if if you're like kind of like a sensitive person, yeah, the, t t skip them. And and there was like another bad ending that that could have been like a horror uh, bad ending. It was one of Himuka's bad ending, and so yeah, like. I would exercise caution for anyone who likes to go through those. And finally, the short stories, because uh, those really tie everything up, like in a little bow. Like, you get three short stories for each uh, main character of the game. Like, a little, like, after story thing, um, like a little introduction for each character, and then, like, a memoir, uh, where you can see, like, things through like as if you were like reading kind of like a diary uh from another character's point of view and then you have 12 members from 12 different side characters on the game and some of those like shed a new light onto each and every single one of those characters there are still two characters that i didn't like at all they can go rot in hell with um i don't know rotting that pole with izanami for all care um but the like most of the characters i felt were pretty well rounded especially like the ones you kind of like go against in some routes and they really um they really feel like people it's not like you don't have like these uh big bad guy at the end of the game like trailing its mustache in the top of a of a throne or anything like that. It's like people being people because in this game, as I said, society is fucked and everyone or most people that are seeking change are doing it on their own way and trying to add like their little grain of salt because one of the things that I like is that nothing gets immediately resolved, but rather it's like little actions from each character or each person in the island, and that amounts to like some bigger change to make life better. And that I like a lot. Not that it has anything to do with, 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 with what's going on here in Chile, but anyways, uh, that's Celine Pesoria. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's the thing I did this week. It took me 63 hours in total. Oh, I said mother of God. <laughs> for, for a VN, 63 hours is heavy that's like what five or six passes at war and peace <laughs> i 
genuinely that's just, yeah i'm impressed actually the only vm that is longer that i played is the stains kit and i didn't even get all the endings it was because of how okay but you're getting all the open. endings right is that Steins Gate as a series or Steins Gate the original? Uh, the original visual novel. Oh shit, that's one I want to play. Maybe not anymore. No, <laughs> if if you want to get like all the endings, it's like seventy hours. If you want uh, to get like wait, the main okay. ending, it's probably like thirty something hours. Yeah, Steins Gate Elite says that it's only twenty four hours for the main story, which I think that one is shorter. I think. Okay, yeah, because that's the one that I will want to play eventually. I figure if you're trying to beat everything, yeah, it's probably like what you're saying. Oh, that's scary. Uh, yeah. uh, don't worry, Rick. Like, actually, for Steins Gate, since I suppose you'll be playing it on Vita. Is water wet? <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, with Steins Gate, Oh, yeah, it's probably like 30 something hours, but I just like flunk like one decision or something like that and didn't and I didn't know like what the, what did I do to to get like the bad ending? You also have to factor in like how um just like how quick you read these things too, right? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, because I usually like like to uh, listen to like the full voice acting of the yeah. game, so yeah, there that's you go. Factor for sure. Because remember, I blasted through Thirteen Sentinels. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember. Uh, should we move on to uh, retired? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll go first because I think we ha- we have a kind of an interesting tie-in for one of yours. But um, I-, I retired a game called uh, Visage. Um, visage. I would have said, but visage. yeah, just, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's two ways. The other one that it. teaches visage, English. Ignore me. Visage. Yeah, but there's multiple ways to actually pronounce this word. <laughs> um, so you're also correct, Rick. Um, it, it Okay, this game clearly is like, oh, you're not going to make PT? Guess I'll make it, but it'll be boring. <laughs> so that's what this <laughs> game is. It's just really fucking boring, man. It's like, I, I it was on Game Pass. So I was like, why not try it out? Some people really swear by it, say it's really scary. It's not. Uh, maybe it gets scary later, but I played it for almost two hours and fucking nothing happened. And I, I got through the first chapter in this technically four chapter game. I got through the first one and I explored a lot of this house. It's like basically you wake up in this house. It shows you a pretty horrifying um, like opening segment. Um, and horrifying is in the subject matter. It's horrifying. It's not actually like scary. Um, and then you just sort of have to explore this house and like figure out what's going on. But like you walk real slow. Um <sighs> It's one of those ones that's not clear what you got to do. You just have to like keep fumbling around until you figure out what's happening, right? And like until you like find a thing that you can interact with. So it's just a lot of, it's just a lot of monotony. You're just slowly going through this house and like, I don't know, maybe eventually it'll get spooky because like if you stay in the dark for too long, you start to go insane, I guess. And like if your insanity meter goes up too high, you like something happens, I guess, but it's not that hard to stay out of the dark. I don't know, maybe later in the game, maybe I feel like they're going to do something where they turn the lights off on you or something eventually. Like you could sort of see it like being foreshadowed pretty early because there's all these like candle holders on this house for some fucking reason. There are these like chandelier style, like like wall mounts for like to put candles on and you can like put candles there and like light them up. And it's just dumb. (laughs) Just I didn't like it. I was like, I love horror. And listen, I'm, I'm a fucking horror fanatic. Like I've been watching so many horror movies over the last um week or so because it's fucking october baby and uh, this game i was like i want to be scared but i just i'm not scared i'm just 
I'm just <laughs> bored. <laughs> you know, like that was it. Like I was like, what? I mean, I guess walking through dark is kind of spooky, but like not really. And like they show you this thing at one point and you're like, that's not scary, man. And like, I think there's jump scares later or something. I don't know. If I play for almost, for over an hour and I ain't scared yet, your game ain't scary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like by two hour mark, I should be a little afraid because the game's not even that long. Like I think I got through like a third of the game at least. Well, I got, I know I got through for sure a quarter of the game because I beat one of the chapters and the chapter wasn't scary at all. It was just kind of weird. It's like a six hour game and I played through two of the hours already. Ah! <laughs> so anyway, don't recommend it. Um, if you're obsessed with horror games, I don't know. Go ahead. It tells you at the beginning, it's like, this game's hard, so just stay patient and try your best. And I was like, I mean, hard in the sense that I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do, but that's not hard. <laughs> that's obtuse. That's just obtuse. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, that doesn't count as hard. I had so much shit in my inventory already by the time I was like, oh, quit. my girlfriend was watching. She's like, what the fuck is happening? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm done. <laughs> uh, anyway, Rick, what about you? You retired. Yeah, I retired Arkham Origins Blackgate, which is like the sort of 2D, but also obs- like obnoxiously not Metroidvania that was made to tie in with Batman Arkham Origins. Now, mm. I said to you guys before the drop that this is not a bad game. I have to emphasize with the audience, it is not a good game either. Um, <laughs> it, it's a very by-the-numbers Metroidvania type game. Um with the following caveats, they've tried to make the Arkham type combat work in a 2D but also sort of 3D space, but where you only have 2D controls. It doesn't mm. really work. Like it's serviceable at best. Like it's fine, but it, 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 it's not in any way sort of interesting or engaging. There's a combo meter. Doesn't really fucking matter. Also, the map and the level layout are very confusing because mm. it refuses to commit either to 2D or to 3D. So the, the map is designed in such a way that the 3D is sort of supposed to move around, the areas are supposed to move, a little bit like what uh, Limbo and Inside do. Yeah. But where they were much more obvious in what the actual controllable path was, um, Arkham very much isn't, and the map does nothing to help that. If anything, it only sort of makes it slightly worse. The only reason I even pulled this game out to play was because I was reorganizing um, my hacked 3DS, saw Blackgate on it, and I was like, hang on, this released on Vita as well. Surely it's a better experience there. Tested both out. It looks much better on Vita, to mm. the surprise of absolutely no one. The 3D <laughs> effect is quite nice, and it is nice to have the maps on the lower screen, but um, neither of those distinctions make the 3DS version better than the Vita version, which itself probably is a 6 out of 10 at absolutely best. I, I felt no compulsion carry on playing this game the story seemed kind of interesting but i you know it's whatever i've already played arkham asylum so you know it, it, it has the prequel problem where like i know batman's gonna be fine i know catwoman turns up so i know they're still gonna be friends further forward like it, it, there's okay. nothing gotcha that's compelling me to play this over any of the competent let alone good great and phenomenal metroidvanias sort of bouncing around um there's something else i was gonna say on that point and it's sort of escaping me. Christ alive, what was it? Um, it was very important. 
so <laughs> important that it's completely slipped my mind. If it's important, it'll pop back to me and I'll uh, I'll add it in a really really awkward sort of jump edit yeah. after the fact. Well, maybe a nice jump here is that um, I'm currently playing, so we'll talk about our playings now. Batman: mm. Return to Arkham, Arkham Asylum on the Xbox because the Arkham Collection was on sale for like man, it was like fifteen bucks, and I'm like. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll give you a fiver for each of these. You know, like, Hang on, like, Return to Arkham? Is that like the HD? Yeah, it's the HD. That's what that denotes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so they, that's Have what it's actually called. Or... Yes and no. From what I can understand um, in the... Uh... Okay, so like... I was looking this up because I was curious, and apparently there was some like kerfuffle three years ago when they released these because it has like a 1X enhanced edition part to it because they're doing that and apparently they didn't enhance a whole lot besides like textures and visuals um and then like in terms of like frame rate stuff the frame rate wasn't like drastically improved or anything so i think people were a little upset about that um but i think when you play it on the series x in 4k this game looks really fucking good like it's it's shocking to think this is a 360 game, honestly. Like in some uh, in some areas, you're like, oh yeah, right, because like everyone's faces look like putty. But like that's you know, that's also just kind of like the Arkham style. Like you know what I mean? It's like sort of the Gears of War. Like every dude is like, like we're jacked. You know, they've got like the giant yeah. chests and the huge arms. Everything they're just bulging all the time, and their faces are like very like, and like the lighting's a little odd on them. But like. But overall, like in motion and movement and stuff, it just the, shit. It's just it just looks good. It looks like a game of at least the PS4 era. You know what I mean? Like it really looks like it was maybe a game that was like of that time, and it still plays great. Like I remember the like that opening segment in Arkham Asylum is excellent. Like walking you through the entire like the the prison as you're like guiding the Joker down. It's just it's so good and like. It's just such a well-realized world right away. Um, though I do wonder, and I, like this is something that I'm, I, I'd like to know more about, but like when the shit did Harley become like sexy, quote unquote, you know, like because in, in the original animated series, Harley is just like in a Joker outfit, like in a Jester outfit, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't know. Just, like in this one, she's got like the skirt and like the corset and everything. It's fine. I mean, do whatever, right? But like since watching, especially like... Um, uh birds of prey and stuff i'm just like um which i think does an excellent job with harley and like really lets harley kind of be her own i'm just thinking like <laughs> did we all just suddenly like did they just suddenly decide they're like harley's gotta be like sexy <laughs> you know I'm like when did that happen well she she was only created in the 90s so you, you've identified like a 15 year window in which it happened that's what I mean, right? Like, it's like, there's like, at some point, like there was the animated series and I'm like, was it, did it happen when she was on like the, the comic or like, you know, like it's like. She was like a playing set of cards, sort of jester outfit originally. Yeah. Wasn't she? It was like red and, and black. Then, yeah. And it's like a full piece suit. <laughs> although you'll get no complaints from me, but yeah. <laughs> I, know, I mean, it's fine. People can be sexy if they want to be, but it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, for some reason as a player, I was just like, when did this happen? <laughs> no, I couldn't. I think it kind of happens like um, very. It happens a lot, especially like with comics, superheroes, villains, Marvel, DCs. What comes to mind right now? But um, what I've seen, because like I, I've, I've known like people who are like 
into the comics and then into the movies and into all the, the, the series and stuff is that like the looks kind of change depending on the era and like they they adapt to I guess what the audience would find either interesting or appealing or or just like I can't remember which hero it was but it had like an ugly face and then it was like yeah we we may want to redesign that um yeah stuff like that yeah but it happens specifically like with the with um with characters that were into in, in the comics it happens more often. Yeah, I think it might have been, honestly, the Arkham series might have been, like, the start of this. Because I'm looking at, like, um, like Harley's designs throughout the uh, the years here. And it's, like, Harley had that, like, full suit most of the time until suddenly Arkham Asylum comes around. And now... Oh, is that it? She's, I think we it's have this game's fault, honestly. Blame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's fine. You know, whatever. It's It's all good. But it's just... Yeah. Yeah, it is something that I'm like I notice a little more now too. You know what I mean? I'm just like, hmm, hmm. How do you feel about the gameplay going back? Because obviously this sort of pioneered, along with Assassin's Creed, the the whole sort of attack counter parry combat situation. How how is it sort of when that novelty sort of shorn from it? Looking back, yeah, nothing shorn from it. It's just good. They still they're still the best. I don't think anyone's yeah. no one's touched them in terms of like this system. Like, yeah, is it a little wonky sometimes, but there's such a fluidity to it in terms mm. of that like you hit and then you know when to wait. And like it was like putting on a like I don't know. It was like riding a bike again. I was like, ah, oh, that's right. Hit, hit, there's your counter, boom, boom. And it's just it's cool. Yeah. It really revolutionized the brawler, you know? Um mm. because when I think about it, it was like you think back and a lot of brawlers were light attack, heavy attack, right? Which is, who why, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the heavy attack. I was like, why have a heavy attack? I love this idea of like, well, you've got your attack, you have your light, you've got your stun, you've got your evade. And I'm like, that's kind of all I need. And then I have my gadgets, which I can start doing things. And the fact that it would be stale if it weren't for the fun stealth segments where you can like inverted take down people and stuff. And like, I will say Arkham Asylum does feel obviously far more simple than I think the game becomes with like city and whatnot um but it's such a good introduction like it was so smart to start on this island right it's like here you are you're on an island and then you get to go and go into city and then night is a disaster um but it's, it's still fun but arkham knight is like wow their publisher real got their hands in on that one <laughs> like the about when i mm-hmm. bought the collection it was like one install for um arkham asylum because it's the game of the year one install for arkham uh city because it's the game of the year edition arkham knight 31 things to install because they had like here's the robin outfit pack here's the riddler bat suit pack here's the thing for this pack here's the harley quinn mission pack pack. one two three four five yeah right though you can see the starts of gotham knights in arkham knight because like there's a lot of um yeah, because you, you can. I remember playing these in the time. You could play as Red Hood. You could play as Robin. There was a mission as Batwoman. There was oh. a mission as Batgirl. There's a mission as Harley Quinn. So that's why I'm actually kind of excited for Gotham Knights because I think they had their trilogy of Batman, and now it's time to try these other ones. 
Um, though the idea that Batman will never show up in that game is hilarious. Come on. Um, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> uh, especially if you know that storyline. Anyway, that's Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh, it's really fantastic. What a great Halloween game to play, you know? It's good times. Mm. Voice acting is also stellar, right? Kevin Conroy and fucking Mark Hamill. Come on. It's the animated series. Good shit. Um, I'm also playing a little quickly here. Still playing Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime. Dope game. The, there's these fucking tank battles. They're really cool. Like there's actually strategy to it where like you, you get this tank called the, the Schleiman tank. The Schleim tank. <laughs> there's so many puns in this game. You'll love it, Rick. There's so many puns. I it's probably great. will. Yeah. I'm, I'm on, the, on the list to get to soonish. Yeah, good. And, anyway, um, sorry, go on. Go on. So basically when you're in the tank, um you so like as you're playing in levels you're like collecting things like you can you can collect treasure chests but other slimes and enemies and you throw them on these things to send them back to town but it turns out a lot of the items that you're collecting those actually become things that you shoot with your tank so they become your ammo and you can like load them onto your uh deal and so you have these two like up and lower tanks and it's feeding ammo and you have to like hit it carry it on your head and like load the ammo into the cannons but the problem is that the other tank well they can shoot and they're shooting as well and if your ammo hits they just both explode so there's actually like a fair level of strategy to it and eventually you can have slimes that like do different things for you and like you can you can um go into the enemy's tank and sabotage their tank and then eventually you have to infiltrate their tank but like you have to be able to get all the way across without being hit by it. Anyway, there's, there's fucking strategy involved and it's, it's really fun. Um, so yeah, this is a fun game. I, I'm extremely pleasantly surprised by this. I don't know why I am. It's Dragon Quest. Like, you know that the people behind these games are fucking solid as shit game makers. So um, should have known it'd be amazing, but yeah, really amazing. Really recommend. Still playing Hot Wheels Unleashed. I just play this every once in a while. It's, it, they did a patch for Quick Resume recently, and I was like, yes, give me that good shit. I love when, like, when games have Quick Resume on the Xbox, I'm like, mm, thank you. Oh, um, did they not have that? I thought it was like a system feature. Well, see, it's it's. I, I, I suspect that it's a thing you opt into when you're making the game. So it's a system feature. Right. But when you think about it, right, like Xbox can't like force the game to make that work, right? Like it does require... Yeah, I suppose it's, it's more complicated than like a basic put the system on standby kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. seem like it's super complicated or anything. It just seems like the developer has to actually actively like patch that in or, or put that yeah. into their, their game. That being said, I think potentially maybe older games, it just seems to work okay um like i think they might be able to do it for certain games maybe not i I really don't actually i really don't know because a lot of their backwards compatible they've gone and made it backwards compatible so they might have patched that in anyway it's a mystery how it works but i'm telling you it is the greatest thing in the world like being able to just i don't know i'm I'm sitting there playing some arkham and i'm like i want to just have a couple races of in hot wheels and i just click over in 10 seconds i'm playing hot wheels it's like holy shit man um still love this game really fun they're doing a batman expansion coming out in a little while and uh which will be fun but they're also doing like a dc villains thing which is kind of neat because it's just challenges and like you can unlock premium cars and stuff just by playing the challenges and stuff and i'm like that's kind of neat like it's you know like yeah they have paid expansions and stuff but i'm also like not as upset because at first i was like oh why couldn't i just get all that stuff on the go but then i'm also like 
But also, this game was significantly cheaper than a full release. It was like half the price of a full release game. And so I'm like, if I want, I can buy those expansions. And it's also kind of fun because I have stuff to play in the game throughout. Like, And this is such a game that you should play over a long period of time. Like, It's a racer. You don't want to like binge through the racer in like two sitting. That makes no sense. So I actually don't mind this kind of servicey style for this. Like it's to me, it's actually like I'm kind of cool with it, especially because I don't play online. So I think if you play it online, you might be frustrated because you're like, I gotta buy the best car or something. I don't know, but I just play myself. Um, and lastly, Disco Elysium. Mm. So this game, um, I've been waiting for this game for so long to come on the Xbox, and it just like stealth released on the 12th. I knew it came to the Switch, but they said nothing about the fact that it had an Xbox yeah. release, which I've heard <laughs> in the PS5, and there's been like problems and stuff. I've had zero problems with this game. Like it runs flawlessly on my Xbox. Um, and I played, it doesn't have quick resume yet though. And I'm like, <laughs> but it also loads up so fast that I don't really care. Like it like almost is as fast as quick resume on its loading. So and crpg it would like a save anywhere situation presumably yeah there's a quick save so it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter like you just quick save wherever you want so honestly it's fine uh i quick I, resume that quick save hey hey there you go i suspect <laughs> that this game might come to game pass eventually but i was like i want to support this game at full price like it was only 50 bucks so i was like i want to buy this at full price because it's one of those games and i don't know it's such a unique game and it is so absurdly well written like it is a fucking novel in terms of its writing like this is the best video game writing i have ever seen bar none like it is just and the voice acting wow good fucking shit here and And that's a recent edition i believe yeah it is for the final cut there was limited voice acting in the um in the like original but in the final cut it's completely voice acted and the voice acting is superb with like some like characters too like really like uh like there's i believe it's a french actor who voices your like partner kim kitsuragi and like really beautifully done the world is so well realized now okay (laughs) i'm gonna say this very text heavy i mean very text heavy like this is this is you are basically playing a novel honestly but like it's because it's an adventure game right and so like you're going to be doing a lot of talking um but it's so incredibly well done that like i don't mind at all and it's you're, you're like it's very up to you what you decide to pursue in it and there's so many things you can do and there's so many avenues to go through and like there's skill checks and all this stuff but like your skills are so fascinating like one is like savoir faire and like i'm playing as a sensitive um because there's like a few different ways it's not traditional there's no like necessarily combat in the way that you think of it um but as the sensitive i have like strong empathy and strong uh inland empire which is like the looking in of oneself and there's this thing called shivers which oh anyway so i could talk about i'm going to talk about this too long, so i'm going to stop with this little note but shivers is like this thing like you know when like sometimes when you feel like you get this like shiver and this feeling and you can't really explain what that feeling is um and for him, the shivers is like at one point you walk outside and you get the shiver and it's like you connecting with the city and you get this feeling of like, and it's like, oh, it's so philosophical. Fucking shit, it's good. Fucking shit, it is good. You can play this game as a crazy capitalist free market asshole or you could be like a commie going through and like it's a different whole world, but the world is very parallel to ours. It deals with heavy themes of racism in a very nuanced way, very incredible way. Deals with unions and with... um you know, um, failed revolutions, what it's like to live in. And this is something that I think is so interesting about it. It's like there was a revolution in the place that you're in about 50 years ago. And so you're living in a time wherein something great has happened in the past, 
but you are living through a time that feels unimportant, right? And it's like living through the deluge of that. And to me at this moment, that feels like such a stark thing because I mean, even we think about it, we're more pulled apart from it, but at least I would imagine in, I think it's different everywhere, but I think like, especially in Canada and Europe too, like there is such a specter of like the generations before who are like, we lived through the great times and now you're just stuck in this fucking time of like, think yeah. you shit now, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. The great thing has happened already. No, no more so than America and the whole greatest generation thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I think about. Anyway, Disco Elysium. Woo! This is a good game. This is a real good game. Uh, that's it for me. Why don't, why don't someone else take it from me? Paolo, I want to know why I'm not seeing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on your playing list. Have you gone mad? <laughs> is everything okay? Oh, mainly because I had... I actually went to a four-hour test this morning, and I knew oh, if I play like anything like Two Story Heavy or Breath of the Wild or anything that I would probably end up sinking a lot of hours into... <laughs> things wouldn't go as well as they did so yeah i'll be jumping back into breath of the wild probably like on the weekend or something like that i'm brief okay Um, sorry carry on yep um i'm replaying nightshade um i i I practically like picked it up like back again after finishing olympia sorry and since this is a replay it's like okay i can like pick it up, play half an hour a day, and then, like, leave it there or something like that. And I'm still not in, not properly, like, in the second road of the game, but I'm kind of, I'm already, because there's, there's something that, it isn't, like, unique or anything to this particular Atomic game, but during the uh, common route, there's actually, like, uh, some uh, very like divergent paths like within the common route. So last time I played like uh, Andrew, the protagonist, went on a mission as a bodyguard uh, for like this a prominent uh, a prominent figure. And this time around, she's like on uh, group on group B, um, and she is on. Uh, investigation to catch a certain thief that is like causing havoc and they're like trying to figure out what uh, what's the next place they're gonna um they're gonna strike uh so i i i actually played this like a long time ago so i didn't quite remember like that was like still part of the common road but it is pretty neat because on some atomic games like going through the common road like time and time again can get like kind of repetitive uh, when you're trying to get like multiple route, multiple all the all the endings pretty much. Um, then I'm playing like all the other games I'm playing is pretty much just like turn my brain off and just have fun here <laughs> because I'm I'm still playing Timber Porn. I unlocked the Iron Tooth uh, Beavers. I haven't started like a playthrough with them yet. Because I I want to like finish my little beaver civilization with the cocktails, which by the way, last time I play I saw like a ten, yeah like eight to ten day drought season coming, and I was like, yeah that's a problem for future me. I'm not dealing <laughs> with this right now. Uh, so it has been a lot of fun, and I I really just want to jump 
back in and see like how my viewers are doing and stuff like that. Um, another game I'm jumping back in is Animal Crossing New Horizons. There's gonna be a very big update soon. Yep, yep. Fucking Nintendo. <laughs> like... Mother of all that is fucking holy. <laughs> fucking Nintendo. So, here's the question, Paola. It's more paying... than double! <laughs> are you paying like... £25 for that um, DLC? Or are you paying £35 more a year to rent that DLC? Along with like, oh, I'm paying for the DLC, fuck that. <laughs> can you pay for the yeah, DLC, though? Seeing... You can. Well, like, you can. Yeah, you, you, you can, can buy the okay. DLC separate, but the thing... The thing is, I saw the 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 increase like in the NSO plan, and I was like, "That's more than double, more than like triple even." Yeah. Yep. And it was like, "Okay, fuck that." Um. So, like, even like in the family group I'm currently in, like, not many people were thinking of upgrading anyway. Especially if it was like, I don't know. Let's say even like a couple of facts, like per person for in the family group. Okay, I could pardon that, but why would you include a DLC for a game not everyone has? Because like in that family group, I'm the only person who, who plays Animal Crossing, so obviously not everyone is not people don't want to pay for something they're not gonna use. Oh, it's, so it's very like, simple, Paolo. I can I can tell you exactly why they've done it. £25 for a big content DLC based on content for a 3DS game that they've already fucking finished, let's bear in mind. Because it's basically Happy Home Designer just ported into the Switch game, which they sold <laughs> 30 plus million off, so they made their money and then some there, right? That's reasonably priced. £35 hmm. for that and, like, ROMs that are less than fucking worthless. And, and most people in Nintendo must realize that they are less than worthless. Having that DLC, which is reasonably priced, next to a very unreasonably priced thing that's quite close, makes that value seem ever so slightly more reasonable. It's not reasonable. It's a fucking joke. Oh, yeah. You know what's crazy? Yeah. Um, one year, Nintendo, like, the, the Switch um, family membership here in Canada is $44. Okay. Do you know how much it costs now? <laughs> With that expansion, I'm going to say ninety. It's ninety nine dollars. It's a hundred dollars <laughs> a year for that to rent ROMs and a DLC. Shudder. You're renting a DLC. Get get your head around that. They yeah. want you to rent DLC. Yeah, yeah. and and also Shutter. Like, listen, I I subscribed to Shutter recently because I love horror movies. It's fifty six dollars a year for unlimited fucking movies. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> The oh beautiful thing about that for us watching <laughs> is your your like microphone uh, equalizer kicked in, and so the four a million of that didn't get. So like the audience at home is going to hear fifty six a year, fucking movies. I know. Yep. Well, I went quieter <laughs> exactly... there. Yeah, they'll they'll hear. It. My microphone catches all on this end. I know. It's just oh. anyway. Sorry not to derail you, Paula, but I just I like I've heard people being like trying to justify the fucking price of this, and they're like, well, you know, like PlayStation and Xbox, and I was like, fuck off. Xbox has Game Pass. I was like, the value's fucking there on Game Pass, all right. And then like secondly, yeah, it's they like, give you new games, not fucking Genesis ROMs, right? Genesis, <laughs> and they're like, well, me with that shit. They're saying they probably cost more because of like the licensing of the Genesis games, and I'm like, then why the fuck did you yeah. license Genesis games? Who yeah. gives a fucking shit about these Genesis games? You can buy these Genesis games for less than this cost of a membership right now and on every console in the fucking 
planet. <laughs> like it's... If you buy them on PC, they literally will give you the ROMs. I know! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> right, okay. This little aside over Powder, Sorry. tell us about Pokemon yeah, Snap. Yeah, but... <laughs> Sorry, keep going on Animal Crossing. Yeah, no, yeah, keep going. Crossing. Yeah, just a little bit more. Is, like, uh, I pretty much like went into my aisle, and I think <sighs> after like five months or something like that. And hey, there's a meteor tower. That that was nice. And I'm pretty much like doing preparations for whenever I can like really go crazy with the decoration because like even if I didn't play, I didn't play like Happy Home uh, Designer, but Seeing it like as an extra add-on, like as a archipelago resort kind of thing, it was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds very interesting because that's one of the things that I like about Animal Crossing. But I always felt like the island or wasn't like I had so many ideas that I couldn't cram into one little island. So having more space to cram those ideas into was like, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, that's Animal Crossing. Uh, nice. New Pokemon stuff. <laughs> this game is ruthless. <laughs> because I actually share like a little clip uh, with with YouTube. And well, the ocean is a hostile place. Let's keep it at that. Um, so, I mean, I think I've unlocked most. If yeah, I've unlocked unlock most of the areas i don't know uh but at the very least like every single area i've been to is like more than level two so very interesting stuff is happening like this stupid wangle is like very much hunting and and carrying away the the fish i was trying to get a picture of <laughs> not nice and you're like the, i already said it but the game is gorgeous I've been into this volcano region, and it's still gorgeous. And the Illumina Pokemon that is sleeping on the volcano, like that whole, like the whole sequence they do uh, when they are presenting like these Illumina Pokemon are Jeff Kiss. They're beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I kind of wish that like, Game Freak actually puts effort in their games like that because, like. Third parties are doing a better job with Pokemon than they are doing. I mean, to be fair, they also had to animate significantly less in this game, right? Like, you are on a track. Yeah, but that's not excuse for having N64 trees. <laughs> that's or, fair. Like, even um, Pokemon Legend Arceus, like, if you see the footage, it looks laggy as hell. Um... And, rather the, and it's not even like a fully open world game. It's like yeah. uh, you go through areas that are like the um, what's the name of the area? Oh, fuck. I, I, I forgot. But yeah, like it's kind of like Monster Hunter. Like you go to areas. Yeah, their press release. Yeah, so kind of like a Monster Hunter kind of thing. Yeah. Some journalists challenged them, and they're like, instead of saying yes or no, they said, uh, "You pick up missions from a hub and then explore." one of the areas and then return once you're done it's like all right so it's not an open world why could you not just say that it's not a big deal just it's, tell us yeah it's, <laughs> it's not fine. a big deal i was like it's basically open exploration within those areas that's totally fine <laughs> yeah that's uh, totally fine but it's okay, um, prefer it. but yeah right. maybe we should but save yeah, this I... for another day because <laughs> oh here last uh, point paula 
Yeah. Uh, but still, the Pokemon staff has been a lot of fun. There's like everything. Each time you visit, there's a chance of something different happening in that area, which is amazing because it keeps things very fresh. And I, I still have like four clips. I, I probably, I, I want to share like all the stupid clips that I've gotten uh, while playing this game because it has been a blast. Nice. Um, so the long wait of what twenty years for a new Pokemon stuff did not disappoint at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's what I've been playing. Rick, take it away. Yes. So this week I have fallen back into Rocket League hard, and it's funny <laughs> you mentioned the the Batman event for Hot Wheels Unleashed because Rocket League also have a Halloween themed Batman event, which oh. I found out after I'd played for a couple of hours and unlocked all the rewards by accident. So that was fun. <laughs> um so i've got like some random joker boost which i'm never going to use ever like my cosmetics draw for rocket league is disgusting there's so much that's just never been looked at let alone like tried um but the game is still incredible i uh i ground my way back up to champ which is cool uh i'm still having a blast it's just amazing and it's free to play now so no excuse not to give it a go and bang your head against the skill ceiling that is higher level rocket league play (laughs) um as a result, my, my gaming around everything else has been a little bit haphazard. So I'm technically still playing Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, and I'm technically still playing Oracle of Seasons. I've made no real progress in either. Um, the other two games I was playing previously, uh, Valhalla and Ghost Trick Phantom Detective, they're both sort of my public transport games at the moment. Um, I'm on Chapter 5 of Ghost Trick, so I'm in, uh, without spoiling anything, I'm in the um, closed room puzzle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, it's fun because it's a replay. I'm remembering how to do certain bits of this. So I already immediately know where I need to go to make that puzzle make sense again. Um, I actually tried to make that move earlier because you go to the room above where the closed room is. <laughs> and you can sort of yep. go, but it's all covered in darkness. It's like, all right, I know I'm going back now. Um, it's been like a warm blanket going into that game. It's still so good. It's still so well written. And I feel the same about Valhalla. Um, it's interesting because my original playthrough is in 2017. Either my memory is sort of failing me or there's loads of stuff that went over my head the first time that I'm now picking back up as I read it with fresh eyes four years later. So that's really cool. Um, The game is wonderful. It's so well written. The characters are are really interesting. Um, The the graphics and the music and the ambiance and the way it all sort of comes together. It's just really incredible. And the game's on like fucking everything. So I'm playing on Vita, which is obviously the superior platform to play anything on. Uh, but it's also on PC, Xbox, PlayStation. I'm certain there's a Switch release. If there isn't, there really ought to be. Um, but yeah, it, it's a wonderful little sort of 10-hour um, experience in totality. More if you do what I do, what I did rather, um, and bungle it first time around, get the bad ending and have to go back and finish it off. Um, also, it has like a really good like little bullet hell mini game that I spent an hour like completing. So that was pretty cool. And just um, so you know, it is on the Switch. Yeah, there you go. No excuses for anybody. Um, the one other game I've been playing, and this this is an interesting one to come back to, is Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker uh, for the PSP. So um, I saw my little brother over the weekend, and something that we've done a lot of over the past sort of seven or eight years is playing co-op Peace Walker, which is the best way to play that game. And the game's an incredible single player, but some of the extra missions and the side stuff, especially like the the not-so-secret bonus monster hunter missions where you fight a rathalos with solid snake um <laughs> and get on this 
there's a little um, Spitfire in the corner. And while your mate's fighting Rathos, you can go and cook rations and it's the monster hunter minigame. Oh my god, that's oh awesome. God. So you, you can come away with burnt, poisoned, and well-done rations. It's very good. Um, <laughs> Love it. But I, Beautiful. It's one of the best games ever, and this is as someone who's not like a massive Metal Gear fan. It's such a well-put-together game, and the limitations of the PSP made that game better for the things it had to do to squeeze into it. The mother base stuff's really cool. It's the, the progenitor of all the things that they did in Phantom Pain, effectively. Um... The one drawback is that um, because it was on the PSP, it's face button aiming. And what happened is on my journey home, bear in mind I've played over 70 hours of Peace Walker with face button aiming. The thought occurred to me, hang on, I've got hacked Vita. Why the fuck have I not moved this over already? So I did. And oh boy, it's even better with analog aiming, if you can believe it. So um, I'm now smacking out some extra missions on my lonesome, um, which for the most part is still fine. Um, I'm high enough leveled and my gear is good enough that I can sort of get away with a lot of it. It's a great game. Um, I would be interested at some point, I think, to try out the HD version that they released for PS3 and Xbox 360. Because I imagine um, some of the things that they compress might be a little bit more frustrating that way. So for example... Uh, it sort of does the Monster Hunter thing where you've got a few interconnecting areas and there's like loading screens between them. But at the same time, I imagine upscaling that looks a lot better. Um, and and the, the game at its core is truly excellent. So mm. that's maybe one for the future. But for now, that concludes the stuff I've been playing. Nice. We're running a bit long on time, so why don't we get straight into the topic? Yeah. I thought we have had a few little editing things, so <laughs> maybe shorter than you think. I will trim some of it down, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> But here we go. Um, yeah, we're talking about... So I, I found this. I, I don't even know how I found this. I must have been watching it's something. It's been floating around the Discord. I know at least one person shared it in the Discord before now because I recognized it. Oh, but. did they? Okay, I never saw it in there, but that uh, interesting. So it's it's called the Gamer Motivation Profile. And essentially what this is, it's like a survey. And, and just like disclaimer, they use this uh, information off the survey. They sell it to gaming companies and stuff. And which, you know what, fair, they figured out how to make this work. Um, and it essentially measures, like, what are your motivations when you play games based on, like, there's, like, six categories, like, action, social, mastery, achievement, creativity, and immersion. Um, and then they, it breaks down further within there. And so I thought, eh, it could be kind of fun if we took it and see if uh, see if we actually find that it, uh, if it, if it matches our kind of personality and motivations when we go into play games. Um, for me personally, it was, it was, it was pretty bang on. I mean, like some of the games I recommended weren't like entirely in my area, but like they calls me an action oriented, relaxed and deeply immersed, uh, motivated gamer, which is accurate. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you even think about just the games that I even like beat this week, um, I just like me some good actions. I would also don't, I like to be challenged, but I don't want to be too challenged, you know, like when I was looking at my like profile, um, cause it talks about secondary motivations, right. Where it says like excitement and destruction are my biggest ones, though. I'm not so sure if destruction is really my biggest, <laughs> uh, motivation. I feel like world. that's a, a component of them selling this to games companies because it asks quite a few mm-hmm. questions about, do you like big shooty guns? Do you like explosions? Do you like causing chaos? Mm-hmm. It's like, I understand why you've worded it, but it's not the way I would ever answer this question. And that, I think, is just a flaw inherent in the way that you do surveys of this kind. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, it was interesting to me, like, 
when it comes to so like i'll talk a little bit maybe maybe you two can before we dive into this can you just say like what was your result um tagline yeah for sure so mine um is action orientated spontaneous relaxed social and practical i think that socially is born purely out of the fact i play a lot of rocket league to be honest otherwise it feels relatively sort of bang on um action is like listed as the primary thing uh immersion creativity mastery and achievement are all sort of relatively low i think the immersion probably should have been a bit higher but otherwise it's sort of fairly on the nose um my primary components for action are excitement and destruction um, and the components for social are competition and apparently community. Mm. Um, hey, I yeah, I, I think it's mostly from this. <laughs> that yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Right. What Maybe about you, Pal? I'm giving it credit. Mm. Yeah, actually, um, okay, where should I start? Because what, what, uh, what was the... your profile name at the top? Oh, uh, an architect. My empire begins with this village, which. I don't know oh, how oh. or why because. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I know that's the the quantic gamer thing. That's something that they're trying. I meant the the one where it says your gamer motivation profile. Like what the was one the... over the head? Uh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, calm, um, analytical, independent, and deeply immersed. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, I guess. <laughs> I think that. that oh, girl, that's you to a T. Podcast host, hundred percent, hundred percent. From the games you play, that sounds very correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, but when I'm playing, I'm not coming out. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> like, I am in a constant state of panic. Pal is just like, don't call me out like this. <laughs> but I feel like, hold on, but I think it's saying, like, the, the games you play are calm, whereas you might not be calm is different, right? <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> it was like more um what's the name accurate that the that the other thing that we're trying so i guess um hmm. so so yeah the, 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 those are like the oh and the secondary trait thingies how do i read this shit? so if you click secondary motivations underneath the hex it basically breaks each of the six points down into the two components that they build it from yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so for immersion is fantasy and story that checks out. For mastery mm. is challenge and strategy that checks out. And I think my third one was creativity and that's discovery and design. And yeah, that checks out. Uh, community is pretty much dead, I see. <laughs> because yeah. Uh, oh, because I pre- I'm pretty much like a a a, a single player kind of person i guess hmm. yeah like at least i'm in the party situation but anyway and the, the community questions it asks are sort of weird but it's definitely interesting looking at the secondaries how uh, it breaks down and that can be somewhat misleading because um my like the fact that my social is so high is based purely on the fact that my competition is 80 mm-hmm. and that's just like when it asks questions about do you like beating other players do you like sort of improving I'm just thinking about Rocket League and how much hours I've sunk into that. And it's like, eh, yeah, probably. Well, that makes sense, though. Yeah, like, yeah you're pretty competitive, right? Because yeah. like, for me, that's not like my com- competition. It's, it's at like a 39%. It's like nothing because I'm not really into that. Like I don't I don't really play against other people, you know, like I 
my community is at 69. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. hey. uh, but, <laughs> um, but it makes sense because when I looked at what they were describing, they mentioned this might be playing Portal 2 with a friend or playing Mario Kart or being in a large guild. And I was like, bro, I play all those games. Like I've talked about playing Portal 2 with my girlfriend on here. <laughs> like It's so I'm just like... Chief. And Master Chief, right? Like that's very much what I'm into. I I have a Jackbox um, games night every like week or second week with uh, the new one just came out, so we're gonna we're gonna try that out this weekend. Yes, Party Pack Eight. Yeah, I'm excited. There looks like some good bangers in there. Anyway, um, but like uh, that's speaking but, of banging, Alex sixty nine with the community. You heard it here first. <laughs> God damn it! Beautiful. You know the title of this podcast has to be sixty nine with the community. But <laughs> consider it done. That's great. Um, but yeah, you know, and then like, I thought it was interesting because for me, mastery components, because it's only 37%, but it says challenge 20 and then strategy 63. And I'm like, yeah, I dig that because it's talking about enjoying playing tactical games like XCOM or Fire Emblem. And I'm like, I'm like eyeing my Xbox Series X with the XCOM 2 collection that I just downloaded. <laughs> I'm like, you don't know me, quiz. <laughs> That's the thing because it, some of those will be accurate, but in a relatively narrow field and it doesn't necessarily give it's always the problem when you try and give a holistic picture because you miss details and things sort of take on disproportionate weight. And mm-hmm. I think that yeah. that's the inherent flaw with surveys like these. And I think it's always cool to think about what aspects of games you like and look for. Mm. I don't think this is it. And I think, I think something like this is unfortunately hurt by like the commercial reality behind it. Yeah. Uh-huh. though i will but, say yeah. i feel yeah it, it felt to me fairly accurate because like the achievement thing for me was at like a, basically zero like it was like i don't give a fuck about completion or power in games like i do not Thank care <laughs> right yeah i was like who gives a shit um but the creativity stuff like good design i'm like yeah that's something that really like hits on me you know and yeah i agree with you though obviously it can't be perfect but as i look through it i'm like okay yeah there's some like I'm I'm feeling some truths about how I play games coming through a little bit. And it's sort of fun to see it like broken down like this. And like, and then even thinking about like what games have I played recently and realizing that it's like, yeah, a lot of the games that I like go for have a lot of these elements like forefront or like they're the ones that I like to come back to the most, you know? Anyway, I thought mm-hmm. it was, was kind of neat. What about for y'all? Uh, Polly, was there anything that you're like, um, excuse me? No, that's not me. <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends because I usually I really go for story driven uh, games and I'm drawn more to like fantasy settings. So at least the fantasy story checks out. Mm. Though the excitement and destruction tab was kind of weird because it's like, oh, you like explosions and, and like, I don't know, I'm thinking about GDA or something like that. And it's like, yeah, this pulls some shit up. Uh, but that strangely gives you like a lot of points towards destruction. <laughs> Not no, actually, yeah, that checks out. Well. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah you start to think about mind. it, right? Because I thought destruction, I was like, no way. And then I read the thing where it was like, and if they accidentally find themselves in games like The Sims, they're the ones who figure out innovative ways to get their Sims killed. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's sweet. I started to think about Roller Coaster Tycoon and the many hours of <laughs> launching people off roller coasters. And I'm like, shut up. You don't know me, Quiz. <laughs> like, Do you not think that's just cold reading, though? That's you maybe trying to fill in the blank. Oh, yeah. yeah but that's... I mean... Yeah, 100%. Yeah, to a degree, but also I'm filling in the blank with my lived experiences, right? So it's like kind of like 
do you know what I mean? Like I enjoy many games, but I, when I also think about it, I'm like, yeah, that is something that I tend to do a lot in those. So to, to a degree. Yeah. But I also think it does reveal some truth, you know? Yeah. I think ultimately yeah, but... it's your pointless, but fun exercise. Exactly. Yeah. Because That's exactly like, what uh, it's the kind of thing that is like generic enough. So it's like a buzz anyone buzz. reading the profile is like, yeah, I can, I can accept that. Mm-hmm. It's like, um... but yeah, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. It's like a, it's like astrology. It's totally bunk and ridiculous, <laughs> but it's just fun, and you see things within it. But it, it allows you to reflect on how you play. Right? Is it scientific? No. <laughs> Is it fun? Yeah. Though I'm not yeah, actually a fan of astrology, but you know what I mean. Like that's kind of what this feels like. No, the only, the other the only thing I will complain about is when I got the thing to recommend games and there were some games that i actually tried like the witcher and i did not like it all <laughs> oh shit you can click for game recommendations yeah yeah you can click for game recommendations i had to uh oh, put the yeah. thing that is like oh recommend things that are like the ones i've already played because <laughs> like by the neighborhood kind of thing that oh people that had like similar sets to you it was like all over the place oh wow okay so uh, it recommends, uh, does this make me a normie? The top recommendations are Call of Duty series and Call of Duty Black Ops 2, <laughs> then Call of Duty Mobile, and <laughs> Star Wars Battlefront 2. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, then I'm not... Then fucking Fortnite. <laughs> oof. I'm not too upset with mine. The My number one one was Transistor, actually. Um, Great game. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I love that game. Arguably Supergiant's weakest no, mm-hmm. after Bastion, but still a great game. Yeah, but then the next one is Total War Warhammer Two, and I'm like, would I like that? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even know if that's a good game. Um, but then it says Control. Yeah, Gary's mod. I have played Gary's mod with my little the little brother guy that I played with. Um, Death Stranding, Doom 2016, Half Life series, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic series. Now, okay, now they're talking my language. Then Mass Effect Two and Mountain Blade Warband. So. <sighs> not bad not bad you can also do it by niche games if you want which i think is pretty funny you can like generate like yeah, one of the but... niche games which it gave me pyre as number one. Ooh, okay 100 percent. you should absolutely play that you don't oh, have, I, have. That. I love pyre <laughs> oh there you go there you go that's why i'm like huh, neat and then pop your game anyway it's just this is just, it's just kind of fun like i recommend it to folks if you want to just have kind of a good time and like just sort of like it's a little it's a little buzzfeed ish you know <laughs> Yeah. Uh, any of you know what Pillars of Eternity is about? Because it doesn't matter what setting I put this on, it's still recommending it to me. And I'm like, no, get away! It's an Obsidian, <laughs> I believe, CRPG. Oh, it was Obsidian, oh. right? Pillars of Eternity? Pillars of Eternity? I... Yes, it is. It's Obsidian. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, it's very good. CRPG. The first one they kickstarted, the second one, I think they made it the profits in the first. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty good, yeah. Though, I gotta say, oh. they did this one where it was like, you can do the game distance method, where it's like, they find games most similar to the ones that you enjoy. Um, and this one's like pretty spot on. It's like Oceanhorn, and then it's Phoenix yeah. Wright, Ace Attorney, Spirit of Justice, Yakuza Zero, Resident Evil Three, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Justice for All, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Dual Destinies. Can you tell that I put Phoenix Wright in there? <laughs> you can. I can tell I put Ghost of Tsushima because it immediately recommended the director's cut. Yeah, same here. Goes to your director. Anyway, yeah, like, I thought here oh, I have like uh-huh. Zelda Fire and the Moonlighter, but your Chronicles 
Okay, I'm gonna be dungeon. You put you put some dungeoning games in there, huh? <laughs> Oops. That's Maybe. Where she likes to do her explosions. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you like to blow things up with bombs. Explosion. Anyway, it's kind of fun. We'll link this thing so you can check it out if you want. Um, have a good time. Tell us what your profile is. Why not? In the comments while you're smashing the like button. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shall yeah. we get to everybody's favorite game? How long to beat the game? Rick, we tell will. us what I've are we playing this week? Okay. We are playing... Ooh, Disgaea 2 Cursed Memories for the PS2. Oh, sick. Okay. Uh, Specifically I the original, so am... not the PSP version, which I believe was called... It's not the, 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 the Chile A2 or something like that. It's the... Just 2. Just 2, yeah. Just yeah, two. so okay. I guarantee you that I am not going to guess all of them for this one. Uh... <laughs> that 100% is going to be gross. Because that franchise is gross. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, so it's not D2, it's the Disgaea 2, the, the, what's it called? Um, it's, so D2 is essentially a sequel to the original Disgaea. Disgaea 2 is the second Disgaea game, but it's a new cast. Dark D2 Hero. features Lahal and Flan, um, and Etna and all the other sort of original characters from the original game. Okay. Whereas it... each numbered entry generally has its own unique set of characters. Oh boy. Suffering... Oh, yeah, I still need to go back and finish the original disc guy, which I loved, but just sort of fell off because other stuff was going on. Yeah, uh, which, by the way, like I have all the disc guy games except for six of my backlog. I'm the same. I have two on PSP, I have three and four on Vita, and I've barely touched any of them. It's so bad. I genuinely um, don't think I'm going to be able to get the answer to this one. This is like fucking needle in a haystack kind of game. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to shot in the dark. 35 uh, hours and 95 hours so three hour buffer on each yeah i'm going i'm scared <laughs> so okay I'm this one oh, so is it disguised to cursed memories is that the one that you're talking about uh yes that's the one the ps2 original okay because the, the other version is called i believe afternoon of despair that's on psp and i think they added some extra stuff like they did with the um original disguise ports dark hero uh, days is what the psp version is called What's the PC version based on? Uh, it would be based on the PSP version, content-wise, to the best of my knowledge. Because they, for the PSP version, I think they actually slightly updated the graphics as well. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to say 33 hours. Uh, and I'm going to go with 90 hours, I think. And I'm not touching 100. Because I, I, yeah. I feel like the 100% on this is like anywhere between 150 and like 200 or so hours, maybe even more. Um, well, maybe less, maybe like 125-ish to like 175-ish. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's like anywhere up in those, uh, up in that world. Yeah. I'm trying to think here because I know the tortoise one is the first Disgaea and I know their 100% time for that is around 100 Okay, see. 20, like on the lower hundreds. Let it be. Let but it be I know. Known. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Paolo. But four is 433. <laughs> okay. That's I just disgusting. want everybody to just, for a minute here, I would like everybody to just behold this moment <laughs> where Rick has changed his time to 33 <laughs> hours and 30 minutes and 90 hours and 30 minutes after I put 33 hours and 90 hours. So let it be known. 
I don't know. It can't be off Rick, damn it. <laughs> Let it be known. We're both on 97 points. There's an OLED switch on the line here. Oh, right. is there really? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I don't want to. In my head, up. there is. Well, in maybe I'll head. change it again then. <laughs> go for it. No, I don't actually. actually I'm going to go for. <laughs> I don't know what I'm even doing. Uh, I feel like it's a 40 hour game, but I don't feel it's a 40 hour game. I'm going to cry. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say 38 hours for main. Okay. Uh, do I want to say 80 for main plus? Because this is a second one. I feel All like I'll say is up. I think you've severely lowballed the hundred percent. Like for a normal game, one hundred seventy-five hours is a lot. For a Disgaea game, it really isn't because I think D two had the item world as well. No, but uh, what I'm trying to think here is I know, like, because I have all of them on my backlog, I know this one doesn't go over at two hundred. Interesting. Okay. At least a PC version. You said that one is based on the P. It's, this is the PS2 version. version. PS2. This is the yeah. Original. And remember, it's and not so Disgaea given that D2. Disgaea 1... No, Disgaea... No, like, the... Except, if, except for 5, I think. Uh, most of them, like, go upwards in completion time. Hmm. So I'm gonna say uh, this one is probably, like, a lot more time than the first one, but still not as gross as Disgaea 3 and 4. Can I also say that it's insane that there are three Disgaea 2s? Like, um, what on earth here? I mean, there's two Disgaea 2s and there's Disgaea D2. Like, why is there so many? <laughs> what is wrong with this series? I'm going to go for 178 for Completionist. Okay. There. I have no idea if you're even in then? the right ballpark. There are the times, speak. How much did we fail? Let's see. So... Um, and I can confirm the PS, the PC versions are based on the PSP ports. I had a quick Google. So. I went and searched for Disgaea 1 as well, so I need to refine to Disgaea 2. <laughs> Cursed Where's something. Cursed memories. So, main story, 34 and a half hours. Okay. Main okay. plus, 91 hours. So I'm very <sighs> glad I... I Price is right, did you, Alex? Because otherwise I would have missed it. Shit, I should have changed and, it at the uh, last second. <laughs> you should have. And the completionist power, do you want to guess how far off you were? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Probably by 100 hours, because not, I remember. No? Not far off, not far off. So the completionist, oh. 266 hours. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, I thought it'd be 200 that? plus. <laughs> who are you show yourself yeah reveal yourself because all these completionists someone did this you know someone did this oh no you're absolutely right somebody did do this i wonder if gerard okay i'm gonna go to my backlog and see what's 100 percent oh for each of these that yep. is actually an interesting oh question. yeah i was very far off yeah, uh, because like yeah i told you no even like like I promise revisited that that's the fourth one. That's 171. I remembered a game being that length on my backlog, and I assume it was the second one. But I was wrong because this guy had 2PC. If you if you thought 200 and something was monstrous, this is 324 hours to complete. Yeah, wait for this. Disgaea 3 Absence of Justice is 424 hours for the completionist right now. 
400 yep. 24 hours who who even keeps track it How actually do went that? down uh, because it was over a hundred over 430 uh a couple months ago yeah it looks like the vita versions for those dropped down ever so slightly because four on ps3 as well is 316 hours but the vita versions for both of those are like 100 plus less each I think what really blows my mind there, though, is that that's 106 days worth of that game. 106 days? 424 hours? It's 24 it's hours actually... in a fucking day. Yeah. When you think about yeah. it, 424 divided by... Uh... No, no, no. It's 17.6 days. I divided by four. I was going to say ass. 400 by 24. Oh, real good at math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 17.6 days. Yeah, what he is good at and what I am good at is guessing how long it would take the average person to beat games roughly yeah. because we're both on 100 points. So uh, I think by the letter of the law, Paolo, what that means <laughs> is you're buying us a Switch OLED. <laughs> <laughs> or Paolo's going to buy us a Switch OLED <laughs> keychain. <laughs> Actually, that's you're a good idea. Print out a picture <laughs> yeah, and post one to each other. Yeah. <laughs> print out a little picture for us. <laughs> That's it. Oh, send us dear. a send us a JPEG. Uh, we'll mint it. We'll make it an NFT. <laughs> and speaking of sending things, if you've got any thoughts, comments, questions, mm-hmm. just want to say hi. You can catch us at the How Long to Beat email address, which is HLDB hyphen podcast, or is it just, just HLDB, HLDB podcast. podcast at Gmail? Yep. At gmail.com. That's the one. You can catch us at the How Long to Beat Discord, which is now helpfully linked in the How Long to Beat forums. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're listening on YouTube. You know where that like button and comment box is. You know what to do. And get ready for next week because it's spooky season. <laughs> <laughs> just so you just so you all know we're talking spooky games. This is for the podcast host too. Alex that's for sure what's going on. Yeah, I, I insist. Yeah. Well we'll talk about what's what makes a game scary. That'll be our topic, right? I think it was still mm-hmm. September when you were like, Can we can we in four weeks can we do a Halloween one, please? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to forefront this. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, for this big old episode. We'll see you next week. Take it easy, guys. Bye.